Well, Merry Christmas, everybody, and Happy Holidays, Happy New Year, and whatever you celebrate, welcome back to the Jake Podcast. It has been a while, been a while since we've been on. I kind of let everything go at the holidays because, you know, it's just, you got so much going on, you want to celebrate, you want to do so much with, you know, your loved ones that really I don't have a lot of time to podcast, but I appreciate all the patience and I know you guys are clamoring, so I got a special one for you guys today. Got a little two-parter for you guys today. So we're going to do the first part, episode 91, wow, 91 of the Jake is going to be our Christmas special and then episode 92, we're going to get into other things. So... How's everyone doing? Hope everyone had a great Christmas. I'm going to dive into mine uh, in a little bit, but just, uh, just you know, it's, it's, I love this season. There's, there's not much to say other than the fact that, you know, this was a, this was a big one for me too, because this was the first one in my house. Uh, I bought my house December 13th of 2018. So, when Christmas hit, I was only two weeks in and I didn't have any furniture. I didn't have, you know, like I didn't have my bed. I didn't really have anything going on here. So I spent Christmas still at like my parents' house, which is great, which is fine, you know, and, and that's like, you know, that's what I did growing up. So that was great with me. I just, uh, it was a little different knowing that I had the house and it wasn't really my first Christmas there. So this was really my first Christmas in the house. And we, uh, Sam and I, you know, first Christmas living together too. So this was a big one. Got our tree. It was awesome. Went to Home Depot. Didn't have to go to, we took the pictures of the tree farm. We did the typical, like, you know, picking out the Christmas tree, Instagram photo and everything, which was great. And then we saw the prices and we're like, why don't we just go get our tree at Home Depot? That works for me. So that's what we ended up doing. Got our tree that like Thanksgiving weekend. It looks great. Uh, I should, you know, I should post more pictures of, of the Christmas scene we have here because we're likely going to be taking it down now that it's after the holidays. Yeah, you got to You kind of kind of move along, move on. I, I wish we could keep Christmas stuff up all January. Uh, apparently the day to take stuff down, like the international, uh, take down your tree is December 7th is what I've heard. So, uh, I don't know why that is. I think it has to do with other countries celebrating Christmas and you can keep it up as long as they're celebrating Christmas. If that's the case, like I kind of like that rule, but I, I just think, you know, December, January, February is such a crappy season. If you could hide so much of it underneath the whole like Christmas blanket, that's great, you know, so that's why I want Christmas stuff up the moment Thanksgiving passes, because it's like, there's nothing good about December, January, and February, other than the fact that it's Christmas season, or at least holidays, so if we could just like hide everything underneath the Christmas blanket, I, I'd love that, so as long as I can keep this stuff up, I am, I got garland on the railing, I got garland outside with lights, uh, hung the the wreath on the door, got trees next to the door too. So the front door looks pretty good, the front porch, everything. Uh, and then we put together one of those like old Christmas scenes, you know, that has like the church and like the ski, like, you know, the kids on the sleighs and you have like uh, the town hall and all that stuff. I don't, I don't even know how else to, you know, call it other than the Christmas scene uh, and everyone's grandmother has it. And this one, uh, 
my cousins thought it belonged to my grandmother. I was like, no, shockingly, this is actually Sam's from Sam's grandmother because, yeah, every grandmother has this one. So we have, like, that Christmas scene that we put on top of the bar with all, like, the light-up stuff and, like, you know, the porcelain children running around. Uh, that's next to our tree, which is beautiful. We double-wrapped it with lights. This was a very unusual thing for me because I was like, wow, we are really loading this up with lights, but I absolutely loved it. So I'll give Sam the win on lighting the tree because I was like, you know what? I usually just span them out more, but it was such a source of light this season too with the star. I have it on right now. I'm, I'm recording early in the morning, and instead of having lights on, I just have the tree on, and it's providing enough light, that and the fireplace, uh, which is electric and doesn't always have to emit heat. One of my favorite things I bought this year. Um, that and then also got uh, a couple decorations going around. You know, Sam and I couldn't figure out what we wanted to do with like the TV stand because at Thanksgiving and Halloween we had like a great pumpkin situation going on. This year didn't really have like we had a lot of ideas. It just never really formulated together. Uh, we have a snow globe up there, a couple candles, a snowman, some some trees with lights in it, but the lights aren't that strong. We have the stockings, obviously, and uh, a couple little Santas, but uh, I don't know. It doesn't work like so much as we wanted it to, uh, and I think part of it is like you know we don't have like a runner or anything underneath it. I think we need a Christmas runner, you know, just to like put underneath that, add some red to the green garland with the lights and a couple of the the decorations. Uh, I don't know. We'll figure it out. There's a. Uh, you know, next Christmas we already have all all these decorations and stuff, so uh, you know we don't we won't have to buy a whole lot, and we'll just have the finishing pieces because that was a big thing. Was not only was I Christmas shopping this year, I was Christmas decorating shopping because I didn't have any of these decorations. Uh, I didn't even take any of my old uh, ornaments from my parents' house. My mom gave me like two, uh, and she said, "Yeah, come over and just take you know whichever ones you want." And I never ended up taking those. We filled up most of the tree with a lot of ornaments from this year. So many shout outs to the, the people that caused us to go around the country this year. So Luke Iannacone got invited to his wedding, a longtime buddy of mine. Uh, and when he got married, he was in Napa, California. So we went out there and that was our trip in May where we did uh, Monterey. We did San Francisco. We did Big Sur. Uh, and and then obviously finishing up in Napa, and it was it was a great trip. It was unbelievable, and we got and came home with like six ornaments. You know, we had one for oh Sausalito was like just like a surprise trip that we did, and uh, you know it's like I, I feel like every one of our ornaments is a boat from all these places, but still you know we we have a sailboat, we have a like a a motorboat, we have a uh, uh, we have a train for, or a trolley from San Francisco. So like, and then uh, we have a wine bottle uh, cap from uh, Napa. So, you know, a lot of things from there. Then we go to my cousin Dean's wedding in Cape Cod. Came back with a lobster trap of an ornament. That was great. Uh, got one in the OBX when we did our Brainy Family vacation this year. So got a, like a little Adirondack chair covered in lights. And, uh, and then Adele's wedding was uh, my cousin Adele and Nick's wedding was in Rochester, New York, and we made a trip out of that and went to Buffalo and Niagara Falls. 
So, uh, you know, we got a little buffalo wing ornament from Buffalo. We got a couple of different Niagara Falls ornaments, including like a, the Maid of the Mist one. And also just like a really, a really pretty like Christmas ball. Uh, that one's nice. So might be one of my favorites. And then, uh, yeah, bada bing, bada boom. We all of a sudden have a ton of ornaments on the Christmas tree. So filled up our Christmas tree nicely with a bunch of things we did together this year, uh, which was really great. Lacking in the Christmas card department. I will say that. Not only did we not do one, should have. I was so, I was so excited to do one, but time really caught up with us this year and it, you know it just it got it got behind us because we had so many other things going on that I was like, all right, how are you going to, you know, we wanted to take a new picture for the Christmas card. We weren't just going to take a picture and then put it on Shutterfly and send it, which you know, admittedly, I've always liked doing because uh, it requires the least amount of work. But I do understand you want to get like a new Christmas picture. So we didn't end up doing that. And we only got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Yeah, wow. Ten Christmas cards. So shout out to the people that sent us Christmas cards. Did not get many this year. Uh, we're going to have to put our address out there. A little bit to uh, you know really spruce it up and get more cards, but yeah, it was a uh, it was a really good Christmas season. So busy, but I got to spend it with a lot of people, which was nice. We did a special Christmas brunch uh, early before Christmas with Sam's family because uh, you know originally you know they always did a Christmas brunch the morning of and then would eventually turn into the Christmas dinner later in the day and they, they are like the big Christmas hub of their family and they're the ones always hosting and you know when uh, it came out that her brother wasn't going to be able to make it to the Christmas brunch we threw a hat in the ring and said why don't we host it a little bit earlier and that way I was able to make it I also went to Ohio this year uh, so and then then so we hosted them for the Christmas brunch and then Christmas Eve, we went and did stuff with the Quins and Christmas day. I went and to Ohio, uh, with the brainies only stayed for a day this year. The, the trip is getting shorter and shorter, but you know, I get it. A lot of people have work. A lot of people have things to do. So there's less time to be spending, uh, on sleigh riding and, uh, movies and, you know, kind of just snowball fights and, and all the stuff that we would do when we we're out in for Christmas in Ohio, but, uh, it was still great seeing everybody. And, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's great. You know, when it comes to Christmas time, everyone has their family traditions and what they like to do and, and things that, you know, you'll probably be doing for a long, long time. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's great. It's, it's really great. You know, we're trying to balance it, trying to figure out what our own thing is. And to be honest, I like the idea of hosting. You know, I was talking to my buddy, Tom Scotto, big fan of the podcast, big time listener. And the more and more they go, they've been married for a couple of years, Tom and Meg. And, uh, I feel like they've been in the house for just as long. I forget how, when they moved in, but they're starting to host more and more. And it allows them to kind of just, you know, bring the family to them instead of worrying about when they go to other places. And I love that idea. Cause it's like, you get to basically bring everybody over and satisfy your whole visiting thing. Now, you know, 
I don't think everybody from Ohio is going to come visit here at Christmas because we've always done it there. But uh, I do like the idea of hosting and getting everybody in the same place. Uh, you know, we did that at Friendsgiving this year when we hosted our own Thanksgiving party, and that was awesome. Uh, you know, party of the year for me, hands down, no question, was the Friendsgiving that we did host. And uh, I was really appreciative of that. That would have made a good, you know, Christmas card picture. It's like just like, you know, something from that night missed opportunity but but hey you know this is everyone's christmas episode not just mine but i'm just giving you a little insight of what my christmas is like it's a lot of traveling it's seeing a lot of people it's gift exchanges it's uh we do a nice donation every year and this year was towards um uh towards autism awareness and that goes that 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 was really great uh for my cousin Pat and Colleen, their their son Owen, and uh, you know we've done Crohn's disease before. We've done the Tears Foundation before. We've done lunch break and rally cap. So lot lots of I mean it's always great seeing the brainies pull together a good chunk of change for these great causes. And uh, and then yeah we also have some fun with like gag gifts here and there. Did like a little gift exchange with Sam's family where uh, I took home a couple nice bottles of wine. Uh, I put in the basket Vuv, and uh, somebody left with Vuv and uh, uh, a Spode, which is like the you know the Swayze family tradition. And uh, I it's hard to explain other than the fact that uh, they have a Spode that goes around and and somebody has to hold it for a year. And I got it last Christmas, and I was very flattered. And didn't know who I was going to give it to this Christmas. And they took the uh, option right out of my hands. When we did the exchange, I was like, this is perfect. I'll just wrap it with the the Vuv. And whoever wants the Vuv is getting the Spode. Um, and the Vuv was a hot item. And Kate, Sam's sister-in-law, she's got the Spode now too. So congratulations and uh, look forward to possibly getting it next year. But uh, yeah, and Sam brought an air fryer in. And there was some tequila going around. So love love a good like adult Christmas gift exchange. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. And then obviously the brainy one where the gag gifts, they are evolving. You know, gag gifts, they used to be silly jokes. You know, it's funny, like uh, like a beer helmet and fun stuff like that. Um, and there is still some of that left because, you know, there's 16, you know, plus gifts every year in the thing. But it has somewhat evolved because there's been some super dirty jokes in there. Um, I You know, I'll blame myself uh maya culpa there uh but you know there it whether it's a dirty alphabet book or like a i don't know like a pube bleach or whatever it might have been yeah i've thrown my hat in the ring of testing the limits before there's nothing wrong with that but this year it's uh reached let's just say edible arrangements yeah so the gag gifts are getting to massachusetts dc Washington, Colorado levels, if you get my drift. And uh, nothing wrong with that. I think that's going to be the theme going forward as long as, uh, you know, the exchange is filled with adults. Regardless, moving on. Uh, don't want to hamper too much on that. I'm not not narking anybody. But, uh, yeah, so this Christmas episode of The Jake, I'm going to have a guest on in a little bit. But first I want to get into a couple different OMMRs. I watched five Christmas movies this season. And Christmas movie grading 
kind of feels a little like you, you got to just treat it like a completely different scale. I don't want to do that because the Jake scale is what I give it, but I think I'm going to give it a Christmas grade scale and then a Jake grade scale, right? So um, we'll dive into the five movies I watched this year at Christmas time. The first one was Noel, new one that came to Disney Plus, Bill Hader, Anna Kendrick, and uh, the there was a couple other uh, like uh, big time actors in it, but uh, ultimately, this movie kind of was just a very forgettable one, uh, which was too bad because it's like you know you, they just didn't really ask Anna Kendrick or Bill Hader to do much with the movie. Uh, the plot is that Santa uh, is dead, and it's now up to Santa's son. Uh, Bill Hader to take over the family business and he clearly does not have what it takes so Anna Kendrick the sister of Bill Hader and the daughter of Santa wants to help him as much as he, she can but he doesn't really want it and she eventually takes over it's a predictable movie it is uh, somewhat heartwarming but it's super predictable and yeah, it's forgettable. At this time of the year, it's got to be one of those that's like you watched it and you're like, all right, what's the next Christmas movie I get to watch? And next year, I'm not going to be watching Noel. Uh, but I did like the foundation of it. And we're going to get back to the foundation a little bit later in the episode. Uh, overall, I gave this a 48. Uh, it's, it's not that watchable. And uh, they had some funny things in it. They had, uh, you know, Anna Kendrick, I thought, was still pretty delightful. She never sung. She was always teasing that she was going to sing, and she never sang her song, which is a very Anna Kendrick thing to do, so I was a little surprised she didn't sing her song. Um, and then Bill Hader, they didn't use him to his best abilities, but then again, it is like a kid-friendly Christmas movie, so, you know, obviously you're not going to get the most of Bill Hader through that. Um, but yeah, 48, something forgettable, but... They do have the bones of something good, and I'm going to get to that later. All right. Next up is Jingle All the Way. Oh, I'm sorry. Noel on the Christmas scale is uh, three snowflakes. Okay. Uh, Jingle All the Way. All right. Talk about changing course. Jingle All the Way holds up. It's still great. Uh you know, first of all, like there's a little bit of the hero fantastic element that you got in the movie where it really comes full circle. The beginning uh, scene where you're watching Turbo Man on the cart or the, not cartoon, but the TV show, and then it ends with basically a very similar scene but replaced with Arnold and uh, Sinbad. That was all great. The little kid is so fucking annoying, and I know Jake Lloyd. He's just a kid actor. I shouldn't be like you know, coming down on the kid and, oh, we played Anakin Skywalker, but I'm like, the kid is really annoying in this movie. He's such a nag. He's always giving his dad a hard time who's really just trying to get him the greatest Christmas gift of all time. Um, and and it's just, I don't know, like like that kid really brings it down like a solid like six to seven points for me. Uh, the plot, however, of him going out on Christmas Eve uh, and looking for a toy, I'm like, come on, man! Like, you got to do better than that. And Chris, and the fact that all these people at these toy stores are laughing in Arnold's face—that was the most unrealistic thing of this movie. He flies in this movie. He like literally falls to the earth. Uh, Sinbad launches his hand and punches a guy, and and then it becomes his hand again. Uh, lots of things that are unrealistic in this movie, including uh, a fight with a moose. Or, not moose, reindeer. 
you get it. But the most unrealistic thing in this movie was what I just said about um, the people laughing at Arnold's face. Like, you got some balls if you're going to do that. However, the movie is super creative. Uh, they do... Like, they do an awesome job of having him deal with all different ways to get this toy. It is a long fucking afternoon in Minneapolis, uh, where I believe, yeah, because it was at the Mall of America, and I believe that's in Minneapolis. But um, th that's a little unrealistic, is how many things he goes through in this day, where he's like, okay, I start by going to every toy store I can find. Um, I then go to the Mall of America, where, like, I do a dumb race to find a, a ball that doesn't work i then go to this shady store with all these Stan santas and these elves which i thought that was really clever and the way they all they did all that was awesome and then he eventually makes it back home where oh oh he also goes to a radio place uh radio station uh after going to get coffee at a diner and uh yeah all of this and then he still makes it home in time to be like, hey, we're about to go to the parade. And he's like, I've had a really long day. Like, it's a three-day experience he just went through. Uh, that, Those are my complaints about Jingle All The Way. Because Jingle All The Way is so much fun. It holds up. Arnold's great. Sinbad's great. Uh, Tom Hanks' wife, Rita Wilson, she is great. I mean, what's-his-face steals the show. Um Oh my gosh, I, I, I'm so upset that I forget his name. But um, Ted, the neighbor, played by Phil Hartman, it just steals the show. And and the guys on uh, on my favorite podcast, whatchamacallit, uh, Lights, Camera, Barstool, they point out how horny he is in the in the movie. And it is grossly horny, you know, his character. But other than that, Jing Jing All The Way, it holds up. It's one of the best Christmas movies around. I give it an... 84 uh take you know take the points away from jake lloyd and uh and just the fact that like you know it doesn't make sense he does all these things and the fact that it's a little fantastic um 84 christmas scale four and a half uh snow globes yeah four and a half out of five snow globes uh next movie up though and you know what that one has some bones for something good too i'm gonna get to that in a minute just calm down all right, next one up is Christmas Vacation. Uh, does not hold up as well. Uh, what Christmas Vacation is great about is it has Cousin Eddie, which is one of my favorite Christmas movie characters ever, probably the best one. And it has one of the best rants slash scenes you're going to get. I do not get where this family just gets off coming over a week before Christmas and staying, or not even, it was it was 11 days that they stayed at, at Clark Griswold's place. Because if you notice, he's going to work, they're doing the advent calendar, and they're flipping, and it's Christmas 14th after, he flips Christmas 14th, or, or December 14th, sorry, after the family already arrives. What the fuck is that all about? They're staying there for 11 days, both both families, and they didn't even tell the kids, like, that they're shacking up in the same room. Like they, the kids weren't even prepared for that information. It's like, by the way, uh, a third of December, you're going to be sleeping in the same bed as your brother. And you're only realizing this when the family gets there, like bad communication skills on the Griswold's part. Um, Bev D'Angelo, where, where are you at on that one? But 
other than those, you know, small things, Christmas Vacation does have one of the best scenes. Uh, Clark's rant about, you know, his boss is phenomenal. And uh, the movie, it holds up a little less than Jingle All the Way. Obviously, it's a little different with, you know, just technology and everything being different these days. Uh, I do appreciate his light situation. And that whole scene is, is also very, like, iconic in terms of Christmas movies. So while it does lose a little bit of, you know, does it hold up? It gains in the nostalgia factor. And uh, it's still one of the must-watches of the Christmas season. I give Christmas Vacation a 78. And on the Christmas scale, it is a four snowmen out of five. Uh, it's it's a must-watch for Christmas fans. Sam hadn't even seen it before this year. So I was like, we gotta watch it. There were a lot of movies that Sam hadn't seen that I made her watch this year. Ghostbusters and Christmas Vacation were two of the bigger ones. And uh, I'm starting to think her... And Die Hard. You know, her knowledge of 80s movies, not her knowledge, her history of watching 80s movies, that might need to change soon because uh, I need to get her on board. And she did get me some wonderful gifts. I'm going to get into my Christmas gifts later, but uh, finishing up my OMMRs. Uh, number three, okay, it's Home Alone 2. Or no, this is my fourth one, Home Alone 2. Uh, this one holds up better than any Christmas movie. Now, I know that with, you know, the world with cell phones now, this becomes much less of a, of a problem. Uh, he doesn't go wandering around in New York by himself if he has a cell phone, uh, or his dad's phone, or, you know, whatever. Uh, but that's what makes this movie so great, is that, like, it, it is a, it's like a time period piece. It's a 90s time period piece of what works. It's so much better than the first Home Alone. I actually didn't even see the first home alone until after the second one and you know that's probably warped my opinion of thinking it. if i've seen this one first i probably think this is the original but it's just so much better and maybe it's because i know new york maybe it's because i saw this one first um but i love home alone too it is my favorite christmas movie it's a lot of people's favorite christmas movie and it, it, it's there's not even a close second like is it jingle all the way is that the second is it a christmas story I mean, is Elf second? I mean, there's a 10-point gap here is what we're talking about. This is, this is blowout victory. Um, but but Home Alone 2, there's not much to be said. The, the cast of characters is phenomenal. I always figured Tim Curry's screen time was a lot more than it actually is. When you sit down and watch the movie, he's not in a lot of the movie. He's got some very little screen time. It's like he's got the same amount as the parents do. And, and they're barely in it. It's really just Kevin and the Wet Bandits, or Sticky Bandits. And the Bandits, unbelievable. Stern steals this show. His acting, like, they put it all on the line here. And we watched making uh, the Movies That Made Us, a series on Netflix. And it goes into, four, it's four different episodes about four movies in the 80s that made us quote unquote well first one was dirty dancing which was a phenomenal episode and i i i i i suggest anybody who just likes film and is intrigued by it watch that episode the next one was ghostbusters then there was home alone and die hard and the home alone episode it goes into the fact that stern wanted more money and almost didn't get the job because he wanted more money and the guy they're going to give it to i forget his name but he always plays like like kind of like the fat cop and things and it's like you know okay well 
I, he wouldn't have had the same effect as Stern does. And Stern is amazing in this. I think he should be nominated because he's, I know it's silly, but he's great at being silly. And then Joe Pesci comes back for a second one. Uh, the hiring of Joe Pesci still baffles me. They kind of gloss that over in, in uh, the movies that made us. You know, I want to know how they got, you know, badass Joe Pesci who can't curse in this movie to be in this movie. And then every time he wanted to curse, he did that like language he made up the ruckle. Yeah, and that I thought that was, you know, obvious, but pretty cool still nonetheless. Home Alone 2, it holds up. It's the best Christmas movie there's ever been. And uh, it's my favorite. It teaches us like the values of Christmas. And to be honest, we skipped the whole scene with the bird lady. Uh, we just fast forward right through it. And we jump right into Kevin deciding he needs to do something for the toy store. And I'm like, you know what? It's a, it's a little bit quicker, and it's a lot better of a movie. I give it a 93. Uh, Christmas scale, it's a five Santa hats. Yeah, it's a, it's a five. It's straight up 10 out of 10 Santa hats. And, uh, you know, overall movie, 92. 92 grade. Uh, because, you know, it is still like, you know, a kid movie carried by like a kid, but... Still, 92. And then my final grade for this season uh, is going to be Die Hard. And, it, yeah, I mean, I get it. The whole di is Die Hard a Christmas movie argument, blah, blah, blah. I don't really care. Like, it, it was fun at first. Now it's annoying. Um, is it a Christmas movie? Sure, yeah, there's Christmas stuff in it. Uh, if that really offends you, don't watch it at Christmas. I don't care. Like, it's it's an action movie. It can be an action movie and also a Christmas movie. Like, I don't know what the rules are about Christmas movies. Does it take place on Christmas Eve? Yes. Okay. Um, you know, do, do they use Christmas phrases like ho, ho, ho? Yes. Uh, do they play Christmas songs? Five of them. Yes. Okay. Um, do, the final line is, if this is y'all's Christmas, I got to be here for New Year's. Okay. That's another hint at Christmas. The movie opens with him uh, bringing Christmas gifts. There is plenty of Christmas evidence there. I don't. I think we're done here, right? I think we're done defending this whole Christmas movie type thing. It's a Christmas movie, but it's not the same as Christmas movies because it's an action movie. That's what we need is other action movies to come out as Christmas movies, like Lethal Weapon and things like that. But regardless of that, Die Hard, that holds up, obviously. It's one of the best action movies of all time. It's also on the Movies That Made Us list, and you should check, check it out because didn't realize Bruce Willis was a romantic heartthrob jerk guy uh before that and uh kind of just was almost such a bad pull that they took him off the poster only to realize hey this is actually working and they put him back on the movie poster when people started liking die hard when people started liking him as the casting regardless of all that uh die hard solid in christmas scoring i don't know uh, it's a, it's another five out of five. It is uh, one of my favorite action movies of all time. Uh, it's my second favorite Christmas movie of all time, if you count it as a Christmas movie. And uh, it, it really does hold up with Hans Gruber's character and John McClane. The original is so badass, and it's so much fun. And it just gets you in the mood to watch like all of the diehards, and then you realize none of them are that good um, outside of one and three. I could, I could go for Die Hard with a Vengeance any day. But uh, Die Hard, the original, splendid, spectacular movie. 
95 out of 100 on the action movie scale, on the Jake movie scale, and uh, we're going to give it five ho-ho-ho-ho-ho-ho-hos. Ho-ho-ho-ho-ho. Five hoes out of hoes. Okay. So that's with my Christmas movies this year. And that was a little bit of a long OMMR for you guys, but you know, wanted to give you a, a good amount there. Um, I got a lot of good Christmas gifts this year. I'm very thankful and very appreciative of everybody who thought of me this season. Um, my parents got me outdoor furniture, which is going to be great come the springtime, uh, like an iron table. What do you call that? Like the iron, uh, not cast iron, that's what you cook with, but like the whatever. It's like the iron chairs and iron table and then also got a um, a fire pit for the outside. So I'm really excited about that. That's going to be awesome. And uh, and they also got me like a bar book on you know because I love the bar that I that Sam and I have here and Sam built by herself. Uh, and really excited to put together like different drinks and stuff and really make this like an awesome bar. And my parents got me a book that has like literally every recipe you can think of in there. So that's going to come out really well. And uh, then Sam really spoiled me at Christmas this year. I got her some really nice gifts. I'm really happy with what I got her. Um, you know, I got her a nice bracelet because she says she doesn't really wear bracelets a lot, but she would like to. So hopefully she'll like this one. Uh, I'm not sure that it's her style just yet. She's going to wear it to a party, and we'll see where it goes from there. But um, in terms of uh, bracelets, she does want to wear one. So she's like, yeah, this is going to be great. And then... Uh, also got her a cooling blanket because she uh, gets too hot when she sleeps, and uh, I think that's worked so far. And uh, we'll, we'll see, you know, going forward if it's like a long-term answer. But uh, it has worked because she has gotten like chilly. So I was like, all right, that's what's supposed to do. Uh, we did our first ornament exchange this year, and I gotta say, this was all my idea. You know, we we th we're developing our own Christmas traditions here, right? You know in house 1402 4th Ave. But like, you know, when you're making your own traditions, it, it, it's got to come naturally. It's got to feel right. But you also want to start stuff that you like. So we're going to do a Christmas ornament exchange every year. And we're going to exchange them on Christmas Eve and put them on the tree before we go to bed. Great idea, right? Very like cute, very like, oh, that's romantic. And that's such a nice tradition. And that was 100% my idea. I told her I wanted to do a Christmas ornament exchange. I get her one. She gets me one. And then it was my idea to open that up as our first Chris gift of the season. Uh, Sam got me a Cleveland Browns ornament, which I love. Um, I hate the Browns right now, but I do love that gift. And um, and then I got Sam a really nice, like, pretty crab ornament and uh, and that's right up top near the star because uh, it's like you know bejeweled cat crab and and deserves like a primo spot. Um, yeah, so that's a little tradition we'll be going with going forward. Sam also got me uh, some beard uh, oil and beard like uh, my beard straightener that I have now, which was something I really wanted because I'm letting it grow out. I am letting it get thick and uh, long, and that's. It's my intent right now. A lot of people are like, oh, you got to take care of that. I'm like, that's exactly what I'm going to do. So Sam's mom got me some uh, beard gel and uh, a comb for it. And then Sam got me the whole beard straightener, 
beard oil kit. And this is going to be great because uh, I'm really going to get to like shape this shit up. And I'm excited for that because uh, this is going to be like a whole thing for my new look. I like it. Um, new look also provided by Keto. We are on day three of the Keto diet. Uh, it is going well so far. Uh, I feel like it's almost like you're cheating on this diet because you still get to eat everything you want to except for bread and pasta and sugar. So yeah, I know that's a lot of things, but it's like there's so many times we're looking up recipes and they're like, oh yeah, you can use taco seasoning and stuff. I'm like, really? And then we look and we're like, it doesn't look like we should be able to. And then we look and it's like, it's keto friendly. You know, it's like, it's mostly keto. And I'm like, God damn it. Why are you screwing us over here? We're trying to be good and healthy and lose weight and you got to be fucking us over. So Come on, keto people online. Stop being so, like, keto-friendly and be keto-strict. So, uh, but we are doing that, and it's day three, and it's going well so far. Uh, I've been pounding laquas because those are good to have, and uh, turkey and cheese roll-ups. Uh, we made grilled shrimp and asparagus, or blackened shrimp and asparagus. A lot of good stuff on keto, so don't don't knock it. But, um, but yeah, and, and in terms of other Christmas gifts... I got a nice pair of slippers. I'm wearing those right now. Uh, nice pair of um, pants to wear around the house, like uh, not track pants, but uh, like lounge pants. And because uh, Sam said it'll be nice to see you wear pants that don't have holes in them, and I was like, noted. Thank you. Got a flannel. Got a couple nice like undershirts that uh, I can wear. Things that like, hey, you can wear things that don't have like Cleveland logos on them all the time. And I was like, all right. Also noted. I need some style upgrades. Uh, if you notice, I pretty much go everywhere wearing at least one Cleveland sports logo somewhere, whether it's a hat or a, like my t-shirt, uh, pair of gym shorts, what have you. They're really all over the place. I own too much. I own too much of this stuff from these teams that don't ever help me out. I'm not talking about the Browns this episode. I'm not doing it. That's next episode. But uh, yeah, it, it, this and then one of the my favorite Christmas gifts this year, you know, because Sam got me a bunch of stuff. Got me a blockbuster game where it was like a movie game. Which I mean, come on, you guys know me. I love movie games. Uh, one of my favorite gifts, though, and I, I got to give a, a special shout out to Maggie who got me a very nice gift. Uh, it is a almost like a framed wooden piece of art, and it's using all wood. That was uh, repurposed from Hurricane Sandy, and I'm and it's in the shape of New Jersey with like waves on it. I'm really excited to hang that up. I want to put it right above my bar because I want everyone to see that. It is a really cool piece, and uh, I think it's going to go uh, really well at this house. So, other than the fact that like I got great gifts from my parents, uh, Maggie got me a great Christmas gift, and uh, Sam got me a lot of great gifts. One of them, which probably was not what she was thinking would be her, my favorite when I pulled it in uh, is this list of 100 movies to see like a bucket list and I've seen a good amount of them but we're starting to watch all of them uh, you know basically together and I love that because these are some great movies on here and there's a good amount I haven't seen uh, but there's also like you know we started by watching snatch which we're going to review on my next episode and uh, snatch is one of my favorite movies ever. It's such a great heist movie. It's so funny. Sam loved it. And uh, yeah, we're going to get into that one in next episode. But it's movies like that where it's like, whether they're, it's like an innovative film or it's just 
such a unique film that like it needs to be seen and snatch is a unique film uh you know guy Ritchie's coming out with another movie this month called the gentleman and i'm really excited for that now that we just saw this so um yeah uh it, that was great and i'm uh, gonna love watching all of these and what you do is after you watch the movie that it has you scratch off like it, it has a box underneath it and you scratch it off and it has a picture of like the movie on it or a picture from the movie something and uh so it's like a scratch off poster and once you get all 100 movies, they're all scratched off. I want to frame it at that point and hang it upstairs. Sam's like, I don't know about that. And I'm like, eh, maybe I will. So we'll figure that out. But what a great gift, you know. And uh, and also got a Hammer of Thor and Thanos Gauntlet bottle opener. Those were those were pretty cool, too. Love that. One's on my keychain. One I'm going to – I don't really know what I'm going to do with the other one. Maybe just put the house keys on it. So – Anyway, we're running out of time. We're running out of time, and I wanted to do one last thing. You know, there's Christmas movies. A lot of them have the bones of something great. And, it, like, but they're missing something. Whether they're missing a really good lead character, they're missing a good bad guy, maybe. Or they're missing, like, a good plot. They're missing good acting. I feel like all Christmas movies are missing one little thing. So I decided to build my ultimate Christmas movie. And in that, I've taken things from previous Christmas movies, ones that I've liked, ones that I don't like. Mostly the ones from this season, though. Uh, characters from different ones. And, uh, yeah. So let me just get into it. This is my screenplay for Step Into Christmas. Cast is uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, J.G. Levitt, Anna Kendrick, Tim Allen, Beverly D'Angelo, Vince Vaughn, Bill Hader, Will Ferrell, Michael Shannon, uh, Bill Murray, Macaulay Culkin, Randy Quaid, Judge Reinhold, Bruce Willis, and Luke Wilson. Sound like a movie you want to see? That's what I thought. Yeah, that's what I thought, too. Also starring Alan Rickman, Chevy Chase, Jim Carrey, Joe Pesci and Stern, Sinbad, Billy Bob Thornton, and Tony Cox. All right, so obviously, great movie right off with the cast. Soundtrack, we got Step Into Christmas by Elton John, obviously, because it's the title track. Uh, Christmas Wrapping with the Waitresses, which is what I introed this episode with. Uh, Santa Claus is Coming to Town by Bruce Springsteen. Most Wonderful Time of the Year by Andy Williams. Not anyone else. I don't want to hear that Johnny Mathis bullshit. Andy Williams, Most Wonderful Time of the Year. He's a crooner. He's got a great voice. Uh, I, don't, I don't even want to get into what the other versions mean to me. Speaking of what means to me, what Christmas means to me by Stevie Wonder. Uh, Christmas Time Again by The Extreme. Wish It Could Be Christmas Every Day by Wizard. And All I Want for Christmas Is You by Mariah Carey. So great soundtrack, too. All right. Blank screen. We fade in to the mess at Nakatomi Plaza, Christmas 1988. Hans Gruber crawls out of the rubble of the building that should have killed him. Injured, he reflects about the moves he's made and that got him to this point. One snowflake falls on his nose as he hears Christmas music in the background of downtown Los Angeles. Uh, 
Anger consumes him. At that moment, Hans declares war on Christmas, and that one day he will have his revenge on Christmas. Title sequence drops in on a blank screen. Step into Christmas. Now, the intro of Christmas wrapping, please. We fast forward a few years and the North Pole is celebrating another successful Christmas under their leader, Scott Calvin. Alright, so we're seeing like a whole party scene, right? Like all the elves are celebrating. You got a lot of friends and family of Scott Calvin. Everyone's just excited to be there at Christmas. Another successful Christmas. As Scott celebrates with his new wife, Beverly D'Angelo, we'll get into that later, and his staff of elves, led by head elf, head elf Buddy the Elf, Scott comes to the conclusion that it might be time to hang up the hat and pass his legacy on to the next Santa Claus. His son, which is Bill Hader, not that trash kid from the 90s. His daughter, Anna Kendrick, you're seeing the Noel Nick Noel from Noel thing going on. Yeah, yeah, you're picking it up now. Um, and his head elf, Buddy the Elf, and his brother, Vince Vaughn, Fred Claus. Ah, yeah, yeah, you're picking up what I'm doing here. Are all viable candidates to become the next Santa Claus. So over the next year, Scott must decide who is worthy of bringing Christmas cheer all over the world. Who will be the next Santa Claus? Because he's not going to get them with that Santa Claus anymore. He knows he needs to get someone who's willing and able. Neil, being the little shit that he is of a you know father-in-law to his son and uh, his wife's new husband, takes this info that he heard at the party, he was there with Scott's ex, to Clark Griswold, knowing that Clark wants revenge on Scott Calvin for quote-unquote stealing his wife, Beverly, and making her the new Mrs. Claus. In reality, Clark went crazy for never getting his bean pool, so Bev left him and eventually met Scott Calvin. Clark then develops a plan to ruin Scott's final Christmas, but he doesn't have the funding or manpower to deliver such a plan. However, his cousin Eddie tells him about this terrorist he heard about who is trying to destroy Christmas. So Clark takes his Christmas plans to Hans Gruber. We're going to have to figure out the details on how he reaches Hans Gruber, but we'll get there. Hans then forms a team of supervillains with a united goal of destroying Christmas. First off, he goes to the Grinch, who he heard almost pulled off a similar heist. Originally, he just wanted the Grinch for some tactical planning, but he didn't realize that it wasn't so easy to convince the Grinch, but eventually, the Grinch gets to him after he realizes he's still an outsider in Whoville. And he's, even though he saved Christmas one year, they still treat him like an outsider year after year. So he decides, okay, I'm in on destroying Christmas. Next up, he needs someone who can be an imposter Santa. So the best bad post imposter Santa, Willie, a.k.a. Bad Santa, was his obvious choice. He notes he needs some dirty criminals, so finally gets uh, the wet bandits and Sinbad out of jail. Now Hans... Clark, Grinch, Willie, the Wet Bandits, and Myron, Sinbad, work together to tear down Christmas by stealing Santa's magical sleigh. That's their plan. That's the plot of this movie. We steal and destroy the sleigh, and there won't be a Christmas. 
Meanwhile, at the North Pole, Scott is having a rough time deciding who should take over. Noelle is ambitious, but is in a devoted relationship with her New York boyfriend, J.G. Levin. His son, Nick, is the rightful heir, but he's not ready. His other son sucks and is a half-blood loser. That's the one you remember from Santa Claus. His brother, Fred, thinks everything is a joke, and his head buddy, Elf, is, well, you know, head elf buddy. Yeah, you, you get what I'm saying. He might not be the best Santa Claus. With just a few weeks till Christmas, the Grinch realizes the scheme he's in is way over his head. And after he gets a letter from Cindy Lou Who to come home to Whoville, including a picture from everyone holding a We Miss You sign, he realizes the mistake he's making. After hearing about this John McClane guy so much, he knows that from, you know, obviously Hans's tales of needing revenge, uh, he knows that the only guy that can save them now is John. He sends Cindy Lou Who on a mission to go tell John and have him stop this crazy plot. When she does, John has a hard time believing her until he, the name Hans comes up. John, knowing his choice chances are slim doing this alone, recruits help from a guy he knew back on the force. Ex-military who's been in witness protection for a long time under the name Howard Langston. Howard, played by Arnold Schwarzenegger, has a history with saving Christmas too, so he recruits... He recruits Howard correctly, correctly, whatever, um, who was also hesitant until he saw that Myron was possibly up to no good in one of these, you know, uh, black and white pictures that Cindy Lou Who took. Together, McLean and Turbo Man get ready to take on the Santa 7 that plan on stealing the sleigh. So, uh, then we go into a great scene of fighting and, and saving the day and downtown los angeles it also takes place in minneapolis and uh and new york don't ask me why um after saving the day and foiling hans gruber's plot scott decides that the title of santa claus doesn't have to be for one person it's the spirit of saint nick who can live in anyone and starts a team of santas that he will teach himself which includes buddy fred noel his son nick and also arnold schwarzenegger and a few others along the way Clark finally gets his bean pool, delivered to him by that model he saw on the road years ago, and drops the hammer with uh, that he had with, um, you know, what what you might call it, with Hans Gruber. The Grinch went back to Whoville and became their Santa Claus. The Wet Bandits go back to jail thanks to the help of Officer McAllister. Ring any bells? Willie and Tony escaped just as things were looking south. They have not been seen or uh, since the uh, events of the Christmas heist. And uh, that's basically the movie. Uh, a couple tinkering here and there, including a couple cameos that I love, but uh, I think the taglines speak for himself. Will Santa find a replacement in time for Christmas? Will all the children get their Christmas toys? You better watch out in Step Into Christmas. <laughs> so that's my movie. That is Step Into Christmas. Uh, that's my Christmas movie screenplay. I hope everybody had a wonderful Christmas and a happy new year. Uh, it is January 3rd and uh, January 4th. Happy birthday, Brendo. Uh, Christmas is such a great time, and January and February really suck a lot. So try to keep your Christmas tree up as long as you want because there's nothing else going on. And who cares? It's your house. So you want to keep a tree in your house? Keep a tree in your house. Who cares? Uh, but thank you for listening to another Jake podcast. This was a lot longer than I was planning. The part two of this episode might be delayed a day. But uh, thank you all for listening. 
and uh, go Browns. Merry Christmas.